You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. It is The Rob Carson Show, and the number is 800-922-6680. Kathy in Severna Park called me last hour and said, why does Lindsey Graham get the booze at Trump rallies? Let me give you an example. This is uh, Lindsey Graham a couple of years ago on uh, CNN. What is your reaction to hearing what Donald Trump says? I'm disgusted. Well, I want to talk to the Trump supporters for a minute. I don't know who you are, and I don't know why you like this guy. I think what you like about him, he appears to be strong when the rest of us are weak. He's a very successful businessman. He's going to make everything great. He's going to take all the problems of the world and put them in a box and make your life better. That's what he's selling. Here's what you're buying. He's a race-baiting, xenophobic, religious bigot. He doesn't represent my party. He doesn't represent the values that the men and women who wear the uniform are fighting for. I've been in the Air Force for 33 years. I retired this June. He's the ISIL man of the year, by the way. Just got back from Morocco a week ago. Oh, there you go. That's all you need to know. That's why people don't trust Lindsey Graham. I'll just drop the microphone and pick it back up again to continue the show. Okay, uh, here's another thing about uh, Nikki Haley, because a lot of people are, and listen, I'm not trying to divide you if you like Nikki Haley. I'm just telling you guys what has the Republican Party done in the last 50 years in Washington, D.C., since Ronald Reagan was president. What has the Republican Party done? They always go to D.C. They always disappoint. Everything is still broken. They haven't done a damn thing. They're really good about getting sent to war. They're really good about getting a lot of people killed, and they never do anything. So is that what you want? You want a, you want a $70 trillion uh, deficit? You want that? Or debt, I should say. Is that what you want? You know, I don't think it's what you want. <laughs> and here's Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom loves himself some Nikki Haley. Listen to me, guys. This isn't me. This is Gavin Newsom, the man who's destroyed California. There are some pretty stark numbers that you're facing. 76% of voters say they have real concerns about President Biden's ability to serve a second term. Do you think it's responsible for Democrats to put him at the top of the ticket, given those concerns? Responsible. That is not the clip that I wanted to play, because uh, there is a clip of Newsom saying that he loves... Hold on, let me find it here. Uh, Gavin Newsom saying that he loves him some Nikki Haley. Uh, Sometimes I get these a little confused, because literally I do show prep the entire weekend long. That's what I generally do. So let me uh, let me look here real quick. But yeah, Gavin Newsom is, and a lot of um, uh, uh, obviously the uh, the main uh, pundits of uh, of the of the left, uh, uh, any rhino, they all say the same thing. They support Nikki Haley. Oh yeah, here's Gavin Newsom talking about Nikki Haley. Listen to this. Do you think that Haley? Or Trump would be easier to beat for him. Well, first of all, I think she's one of our better surrogates. So I hope she stays in. I hope she does well. I, did you hear? Okay, well, that's Gavin Newsom right there. Let's hear that again here real quick. Do you think that Haley or Trump would be easier to beat for him? Well, first of all, I think she's one of our better surrogates. So I hope she stays in. There you go. That's all you need to know. So uh, that's one of the reasons why I don't support Nikki Haley. And, and it's because she exposed herself to me. I know that sounds kind of funny, but she did. She, uh, she exposed herself to all of us. This uh, primary process exposed uh, all of these candidates to who they really are. And if they can't recognize the unfairness of 2020, and we know that the deep state was involved in 2020, okay, the CIA created the Russia collusion hoax. We know it now. 
We know that there are four political indictments coming down on Donald Trump, coming out of the White House. We know that it's true. And she marches on and she is willing to accept the deep state going after another candidate so she can win. That's why. I'm just asking you, as 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 uh, as Nikki Haley supporters, I'm not meaning to be a D-word. I'm just telling you that if you want something different in D.C., you're not going to get it from Nikki Haley. I'm just asking you to stop. Go, okay, hold on. Let's look at this reasonably. Uh, outside of the Trump is you know this and that, and he's rude and all of that, and oh, uh, he's uncouth and all that, and realize that you're just going to get more of the same. If you, if you uh, look at George Bush, if you look at uh, Dick Cheney, if you look at Mitt Romney, if you look at John McCain, and you go, damn, why did I vote for McCain and Romney and Bush? You're going to get the same thing from her. She's not any different. All you got to do is pay attention. Okay? All right. Joe Biden was out docking this weekend and uh, not doing a very good job. Here he is. Here is uh, Joe Biden at a black tie affair. Uh, misquoting, I believe it was Abraham Lincoln. But here it is right here. And you know, uh, stand here in front of this portrait, the man behind me here. Yeah. He, uh, he said, and I want to make sure I get the quote exactly right. He said, the better angel, he said, we must address the council and address the better that's angels of our nature. Yeah, that's uh, and we do And we do well to oh, remember oh boy. what else he said. He said, we're not enemies, but we're friends. It's the middle of the, in the part of the Civil War. He said, we're not enemies, but we're friends. We must not be enemies. Folks, and I've been around, I know I don't look it, I've been around a long while. <laughs> And uh, uh, yeah. I mean this sincerely. Yes. We've gotten, politics has gotten too bitter. Yeah, there you go. Now, he's uh, honestly, and I just want to say to uh, NBC and CNB, CNN and MSNBC, his brain's perfect. He, he is. He's honestly, Joe Biden's brain is perfectly fine. Keep him as the candidate because he's awesome and he's perfectly in control of everything and his mind is absolutely perfect. Just ask, uh, let's see. Oh, James Clyburn. Trump had some cue cards on yesterday uh, or last night. And he couldn't get his own wife's name right. There's something wrong with Trump. Oh, yeah. Know there's something. Oh, yes, yes. His brain is certainly as bad as Joe Biden's. Keep going with that, because I'm sure everybody believes that. Uh, Trump supporters, I'm winking right now. Been wrong with Trump. All of that meandering that he was doing today, uh, but we never see any reporting on that. Yeah. If Joe Biden commits a gaffe, a guy who stuttered, all of his child. Yes, it's only Joe Biden stuttering. Into his adulthood. Yeah. And everybody know his stuttering yeah. is what caused a lot of his, his speech impediments. That's exactly and right. And we know that. Yes. Has nothing to do with his brain. No, 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 no. He stumbles one time and nah. everybody says he's too old. Or 400 times, but it's just it's a stuttering thing or something. Uh, to be a president. Look. We had a president of these United States. I saw the rankings the other day. Yeah. Uh, who, in the top 10, and some people got him in the top three. You betcha. Completely political exercise. But you're right. Americans love Joe Biden. Uh, don't let the lowest approval rating since uh, pre-Jimmy Carter get in your way. Honestly, he is doing a great job, and his brain works absolutely perfectly, like a couple weeks ago. The conduct of the response... 
God. in Gaza in he's the not, Gaza Strip. He's great. I mean, he's has been perfectly um, fine. It's over the top. Yeah, just you know. I think that uh, sharp as attack. As you know, it's stutter. Initially, oh. the president of Mexico, CC. Did not want to open up. Did the you hear? I already stuttered the wrong name into the other guy's name and stuff. That the stuttering that happened. Here's Victor Davis Hanson, who is uh, awesome, and I hope to get him on my show talking about uh, what's going on with Joe Biden's brain. But again, I, I wouldn't pay attention to Victor Davis Hanson because Joe Biden's brain is fine. This was all born out of a, a Faustian bargain. He, this this was known to people in 2019 and 20. The and the deal was that yeah. none of those left-wing candidates could get elected or beat Donald Trump. So they said, we will back you and pull out of the race after South Carolina's victory, <laughs> and you will play the role of good old Joe Biden. Good old Joe. Not really a president. You'll just be a veneer. And we will implement the hardest left-wing uh, agenda we've seen in a half century. Well, that sounds like kind of what happened. And that's what's happened. And it was born in deceit, and it's going to end in deceit oh, because yeah, true. Corinne Jean-Pierre and all of his handlers can assure us that he's robust. Yes. He's the most dynamic person in the room. But you can't lie to the American people day after day. They're very smart, and they know what's going on. And now the yep. question is not if, but when. How do they get him out? How do the donor class do it? How do the politicos do it? How does the media do it? And they're thinking 24-7 how to do it. And there's not a lot of options. You go through every option, you hit a brick wall. No, 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 Victor Davis Hanson, you're crazy. Listen to listen to Gavin Newsom, the great governor of California, who's doing a great job with California. There are some pretty stark numbers that you're facing. 76% of voters say they have real concerns about President Biden's ability to serve a second term. Yeah, Do you it's... think it's responsible for Democrats to put him at the top of the ticket, given those... Hey, Democrats and mainstream media, listen to this guy, Gavin Newsom. He's really right. Trump supporters, I'm winking at you. Concerns. Responsible. I revere his record. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, this, what he's done in three years has been a master class, close to yeah. 15 million jobs. That's eight yeah. times more than the last three Republican yeah. yes. presidents combined. The yes. economy is booming. Inflation is cooling. It's 0.6% yeah. more than it was in yeah. the summer of 2020 at just 3.1%. Wait a second. We have American manufacturing coming back home, oh, all yeah. because of Biden's wisdom, because of his temperance. His capacity to lead in a bipartisan manner. There you go. I mean, listen to him because he is absolutely right. Whatever you do, don't listen to Victor Davis Hanson. We are because he's declining geometrically. It's not arithmetically. Every day it seems to be a force multiplier the day no. before. No. And the media is becoming humiliated and disgraced as no, they try to pop up this virtual candidate that doesn't exist. And the longer they stay with him, the more discredited that they become. And no. you're starting to see some, no. ja you know, James Carville or Bill Maher, Bill Maher or people yeah. are just saying, look, mm. we're not going to play along with this anymore. And we got to get somebody else in there. But the time is running out. And, and, you know, when you look at Elizabeth, I mean, you look at Kamala Harris and Gavin Newsom's state, the, oh, yeah. I live in it. There's not a lot of viable alternatives. <laughs> so. We're going to see some really radical things in the next eight months that we've never seen before in a presidential campaign. Time to use 25, 25. No, no, no. He's perfectly fine. If Biden's still alive. I don't know what Jim Gossett is saying about here. This country can't survive. Nobody believes Joe has dementia. Invoke 25.
25. Joe's competence, it just took a dive. What? Robert Hurst says he's too old to stay. No, he's fine. Use 25 and send Joe away. Whoa. The 25th Amendment does apply. The border is sealed. Joe Biden's lost. He's a senile guy. The economy's great. If he's too old to prosecute. Everybody's happy. As president, he should get the boot. They must invoke Amendment 25. There's no way America can thrive with Joe Biden as our president. Hey, hey, hey. To a home he should be sent. Time to use 2525. Yeah, this is actually uh, a uh, Italian television. This is Italian television doing a parody of Joe Biden, an impression of Joe Biden. Listen to this real quick here. Buonasera, Presidente Biden. Presidente. Okay, they got a guy who looks like Joe Biden. Kind of going either side of the podium. This was Italian television. It's in English. Don't worry about it. Here we are. President. President. He's coming to the. Biden. Yeah, he's coming to the. Here we go. Here. Yes. Yes. Good evening. Buonasera. Yes. Yes. Eh? I said to the president of Israel. Si. Mikhail Gorbachev. No, no, non è Gorbachev, non è Gorbachev, il presidente di Israele, no. Sorry, Michael Jordan. <laughs> Michael no, Jordan, no, it's no, not. No, no, no. When he went to the moon. Quando è andato sulla luna. And he was shot from Dallas. Non hanno sparato lui a Dallas, quello è Kennedy. No, sia fermo, fermo, presidente. Now he's falling back from the podium here. Presidente. Long shot from Dallas to the moon. Si sta, si sta confondendo con Kennedy. Uh, 14 millions miles forward. Here he goes. So that is uh, Italian television making fun of Joe Biden for nothing. Because honestly, Joe Biden's brain is perfectly fine. It is. It's absolutely fine. Coming up, we're going to talk about Shane Gillis and check in on some of the cool stuff he did on Saturday Night Live. It was a big, big weekend for a someone who had been uh, canceled by the mainstream culture. And SNL had to come crawling back to him because he's winning and we're winning. That's coming up. This is The Rob Carson Show. The place where D-E-I goes to D-I-E. It's the Rob Carson Show. When I was watching uh, CPAC this weekend, I realized, um, you know, where I need to be as far as what I do. And, you know, while some, I don't like to be called a political pundit because I'm not a political pundit. I am a, uh, I am a, uh, I'm an entertainer. Don't don't think that that disqualifies me from making comments. I mean, John Stewart, guys, I'm here to entertain, inform, and motivate you. That's what I do. Entertain, motivate, entertain, inform, motivate you to do good. That's always been my mantra in broadcasting. <clears throat> entertain, inform, motivate, motivate to do good, to live your life, to be joyous, to to do the right thing, to do whatever I can to inspire you. That's what I'm, I try to do. And then now I realize that I have to be here to to mock and ridicule and use humor in a very powerful way against those who are empowered to make them look like buffoons because it's a really powerful weapon. I, I said this earlier. I said comedians, some of the, the biggest disruptors in history have been comedians. And so I'm not saying, well, I'm a comedian. You know, that's one of the things I do. <clears throat> it's a really powerful thing, and it's something that most can't do. 
So I've embraced it. I used to kind of like, hey, you know, I want to, I want to do a talk show, and I want to do a pound the desk, and all that, and I want to be Mark Levin, and I want to be Glenn Beck, and I'm like, no, hmm, I don't want to. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that because everybody else does that, and they're powerful warriors. Don't get me wrong, they are powerful. Seb Gorka, powerful, awesome, freaking fantastic. Yes, yes, yes. But I'm not that. I'm not him. I'm not him. Shane Gillis was invited to be on SNL because he is now one of the biggest comedians in the United States going on the world. He was rejected by SNL uh, as a cast member a few years ago because he did some sort of, uh, uh, he, he had some social media jokes about Asian people, right? So SNL canceled him and he could have destroyed his career, could have absolutely wrecked him. He probably went home and he's like, gosh, dang it, what the hell? I mean, and, and listen, <clears throat> they were ready to paint him as some sort of a xenophobe. They were ready to uh, paint him as uh, anti-Asian and all this stuff. But SNL had to go get him because their ratings are terrible, because the direction of the show is terrible. Uh, that, that stupid Elistophonic bit they did about a month ago was stupid. And they had to go crawling back to a guy who they rejected, and he did a victory march, and he got on stage, and he owned it, and he was politically incorrect, and he was conservative in many ways. Here's a little bit of his opening monologue, and much more is coming, by the way. I actually I come from a long line of coaches in my family. My, my father is actually a volunteer assistant girls' high school basketball coach. <laughs> this isn't political at all. <laughs> He's actually here right now. Can you get him on there? Yeah. There he is. There's my dad, the volunteer assistant girls' high school basketball coach. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Yeah, if he was my son, I'd you be proud. You think funny to bring my dad here to make fun of him for being a girls' high school basketball coach? <laughs> All right. <laughs> I thought it was great. Never mind. thought that was going to be a big hit here. Uh, now my mom's up there with him. My mom, <laughs> I'm not going to make fun of you. <laughs> My mom asked me this a lot, and it's kind of an intense question. My mom asked me, she's like, when did we stop being best friends? Oh, yes. And she's right. We used to be best friends. You remember that when you were a little boy and you, like, you loved your mom and you thought she was the cool? You remember when you were gay? <laughs> you remember when you were just a gay little boy? Yeah. Every little boy is just their mom's gay best friend. There's yeah, really yeah, zero difference. For a while, yeah. I was gay for my mom. She would pick me up from school. I'd hop in the van. I'd be like, girl, tell me about your day. <laughs> I thought she was cool. I would listen to her music. I'd be like, bam, 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 bam. Let's go, girls. <laughs> yeah, it was fantastic. I would it's just fantastic. Now, there's nothing sexual about it. It's just funny. It's just funny and truthful. And then he went on to talk about his niece with Down syndrome. And the left decided to use just the word Down syndrome and not the what he really said, which was a tribute to people with Down syndrome. And they tried to turn it against Shane Gillis. And I went bananas on it this weekend. And one of my, one of my Twitter videos got 7,000 views within an hour because I get it now. It isn't about the left defending people like Native Americans, people with Down syndrome. It's taking a word or a phrase and calling someone racist or xenophobic and destroying the individual. That's it. They don't care about people with Down syndrome. And I'll explain that coming up. And I think you're going to go, oh, my God, I think he's right. David Rives wants to talk about IVF and this new ruling that uh, frozen embryos are people. We're going to talk on the other side of this. It's a Rob Carson Show.
Hey guys, it's Carson. You know, everybody knows the next medical crisis just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's where the wellness company comes in. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust and their new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z From anthrax to tick bites to COVID, even a bioweapon like a plague, the Wellness Company Medical Emergency Kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, antiparasitics on hand to make sure you and your family are safe from whatever the globalists throw at us next. Go to www.twc.health slash Carson. Again, twc.health slash Carson today and order. That's twchealth slash Carson and use the promo code Carson to save 10%. We're going to get back to Shane Gillis on SNL. And trust me, this is where I have a doctorate, all right? Don't go anywhere, all right? Because uh, when we when we get back to Shane Gillis, it's going to make a lot of sense with regard to what he said about uh, Down syndrome, all right? Because I support him one thousand percent, and uh, the people who are so butthurt about Shane Gillis talking about people with Down syndrome, they don't care about people with Down syndrome. I'll explain why. I'll explain why very shortly. So a warning that the landmark Alabama IVF ruling that embryos or children could trigger an abortion-style debate over fertility treatment, and it's it's real. And I haven't talked about it a lot on this show. Uh, If you don't know my story, let me explain before I introduce our next guest. I was given up for adoption. The reason I was given up for adoption, I just found out a few years ago, is because my mother was raped. I have always been pro-life because I was adopted. I never knew that my mother had an excuse to abort me, but she had me. I never got to thank her for that. Do I believe that every woman who's been raped or, or a victim of, uh, <clears throat> of incest should have the baby? Oh, of course not. Of course not. But this opens a new debate about... When you have your fertilized embryos, uh, you know, fertilized at a clinic, and if the clinic discards them, if you decide you don't want to have the baby, whatever, and the clinics are worried that they're going to get charged with murder in states where abortion is now, there are tight restrictions, the whole deal. And here to make some sense of this is David Reeves. David Reeves is the founder of the Genesis Science Network, director of Wonders Center and Science Museum, among other things. And he wants to talk about this today. David, welcome to the Rob Carson Show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, there is quite a buzz going on right now about the Supreme Court in Alabama. And as you've heard, and as many of your listeners have heard, they basically made a declaration that frozen embryos and nitrogen tanks are, and I quote, people, uh, the media is covering it, but a lot of the media is covering it by second, saying, basically, women are angry. They feel under attack, that they're almost yeah. powerless. And, and that was a direct quote. Uh, some woman said, yeah, I feel almost powerless. 
But I say, shouldn't we be asking another question here? What about the young woman in those nitrogen tanks? They're powerless. They've been under attack for years because state laws have basically allowed them to just be discarded or destroyed. Let's say there was a divorce settlement and someone can't come to an agreement. Many different reasons. But again, they've been powerless. They've not had a voice. But this new ruling the way I see it, it's finally seen the truth that what people have been doing for years is the equivalent of ending the human lives of basically powerless young women and men who, they all have purpose, they all have value. I mean, every young person in those nitrogen chambers, every one of those embryos, they've got a unique DNA sequence. They are unique individuals. They're not numbers. They're not embryos. They're human lives. They're, they're people here. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's interesting to note that the Alabama Supreme Court's ruling, actually, I'm a Christian, and I believe that it has support from historical records, the same history, history books that some people call the Bible, some people call the Torah, because one of the distinguishing marks of Judeo-Christian values is that basically the Bible clearly sees human life as completely different from animal life, that we're created in the very image of God, that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. But I would 100% agree. Embryos are not, you know, sushi. They're not. They're yeah. not some random thing. They're actually human beings who can be murdered, or they can be protected. And I think that the courts made a good ruling here, and they're actually protecting human life. I, I have some questions, though. And and listen, I uh, you would expect that I am immediately absolutely pro-life, and and I am very very pro-life. But I'm 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 still. There's so much in this decision that needs to be digested. There are so many things you need to consider. For instance, if a couple goes, they they uh, they have the fertilized embryos uh, at a fertility clinic, and then neither of them decides that they want to have the child. Right. What do they do? Does it go to another surrogate who wants to have a child? And would the people who would you want your embryo raised in another person's body? You see what I'm saying, David? This is very, very nuanced. And I'm going to tell you real quick. I think the reason why there's so much uproar about it is they're looking for the next Roe v. Wade. They're looking for the next Roe v. Wade to go to the Supreme Court so they can once again nationalize abortion. That's what I see this as. That's what they want to do. I don't think this is a ticket to get there. Go ahead. Well, and again, there's absolutely an agenda behind everything. Justice can never be perfect. There's definitely consequences that are going to take a while to work out. But regardless of the consequences, I think it's a step in the positive direction. Uh, Sure, you would say, well, if both couples decide, if both individuals in the couple decide, we really don't want this. I mean, isn't that the same thing as adoption? So just because there might be difficult situations, I don't think it's giving us an excuse or a reason to say, well, these these lives don't have value, because as soon as even the youngest embryo forms, it's got a 100% unique genetic code. It's not the father. It's not the mother. It's its own DNA. And for years, we've used the presence of DNA in deciding you know, crimes. It distinguishes a murderer from a victim, a murderer from an innocent person. It, but every unborn baby, including these embryos, they have their own unique genetic code. That means that basically, whether it's in the womb or outside of the womb, if it's been frozen, not frozen, whatever it is, 
it could be distinguished as an individual in a courtroom, as a person in a courtroom, and that's kind of definitive in my. In let me life. let me ask you this, David. Uh, this is uh, there are so many things going on here, man. My my brain is going a million miles an hour. So this is a state ruling; it's not a federal ruling. So in the state in the state of Alabama right now, if you go in and you have a an embryo, uh, uh, you know, fertilized in a clinic, you should have the understanding that should you decide you don't want to raise that embryo, you don't want to implant that embryo in the female in the relationship, that there is a possibility that baby will be viable in somebody else. That's what you're saying in, in the state of Alabama. That's the way it's going to be. Now, it doesn't mean that in, in uh, Nevada. If you want to go to Nevada or you want to go by a nearby state, maybe you want to go to Mississippi, maybe you want to go to what? Uh, Tennessee, whatever. You could do your, your in vitro there without fear that if you decide to change your mind that that, that, that embryo could be implanted in somebody else like you giving up a child for adoption. You, you understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. And for all we know, I haven't looked at the legality of it, but there may be a way to transport these frozen embryos to another facility in another state and and do whatever you want to do there. But I am perfectly okay with following those rules because I'm not saying that the ruling can't be abused. What I want to make clear is we're dealing with human lives here, and a life is a life no matter how young. You know, there's been a lot of confusion in society lately about how to identify, you know, how do you define male or female. Well, it's no wonder when we've been fighting over how to define what a human life is for decades. But it's pretty basic enough. I, I get frustrated because the intellectual atheists of the world today have taken simple concepts like life is life, no matter how young, and they're saying, you know, let's let's just figure out whether to end life months down the road after it's been created. And that's, frankly to me, appalling. Now, David, you know, and we're talking to David Reeves, uh, founder of the Genesis Science, uh, Science Network. See, I said that the Roe v. Wade decision was the proper decision when it was rejected. And the reason being is it turned it over to the states. It did not make abortion wholesale illegal. It did allow you, if you want an abortion, to go out of state. That's the way it should be. That is federalism. Uh, that, or, you know, that's, that's states' rights. That is, you can leave your state and go to another state should you disagree. However, you cannot blanket say abortion is available until birth in all states. That's why it worked. That's why it worked. Uh, this is this is very sensitive. Obviously, where the people who are purely pro-life, you want it to be national, but at the same time, you've got to find this this medium, I guess. Uh, you know, and the, and the Republican Party is kind of straddling this, and they're they're being threatened constantly with women are going to hate you forever, and they're never going to vote for you if you're just an absolutist on abortion, and all of that. And I say that it's a it's a state right thing, and if you don't want to live in that state, then you should leave that state. And and if you are going to subscribe to the views of the Alabama IBF, you have to be able to understand that if you don't want to have that baby that that or that um, that uh, that uh, uh, embryo. Uh, you know, uh, implanted in yourself, then it is up for grabs as a child that can be adopted by others. But that's yeah. Alabama. And if you don't like it, go get your IVF in another state. I think you hit the nail on the head right there. I, uh, Of course, I'm decidedly pro-life. But at the same time, uh, if we're leaving this thing up to the states, uh, let's see which states flourish. Let's see which states are attracting more people with, uh, well, frankly, decidedly conservative values, and let's just see 
where these states are headed. And I think that's going to be telling over the next few years as uh, more than just Alabama is faced with, uh, with this decision. And they're like, well, should we pursue this or, or are we going to push this aside for a while? Again, it's something where we're going to find out over the next few years where the general public lies with these issues. And what I've seen is sort of this revolution over the last few years. People are sick of the politics and sick of being told what they're supposed to believe. And they're deciding, well, we can finally think for ourselves and actually trust in the values we believe in. I think also uh, people are learning more about abortion. I think that uh, those on the left generally who support uh, abortion rapidly are uh, those who never have had them or plan on having them. They are more than willing to step in and say, oh, I think that, uh, you know, inner city kids shouldn't be forced to live in a life of whatever, which echoes, by the way, uh, the, the founder of Planned Parenthood. Uh, she was a rabid racist and eugenist. And, uh, and liberals, black, uh, liberals, they frequently, they, they say abortion not for me, but for thee. And they look at, you know, they look down their noses at certain groups, uh, poverty-stricken, different race groups, and say, abortion's fine for them, but I would never consider it in my neighborhood, in my gated community, where my kids will go to a private school. That's exactly what liberals do, and the left does on everything, and that's what I believe how they feel about abortion. Well, you, I mean, I run the largest science museum in Tennessee, over 100,000 square feet of, of exhibits, looking at science, but also looking at anthropology, looking at the ideas of evolution. And we look at the ideas of evolution in a critical way, because as you mentioned, Margaret Sanger, founder of Planned Parenthood, was incredibly racist. Charles Darwin was incredibly racist, is even in the title of his first book, and it was all throughout his second book. And it has been the premise that we're just animals. We can do whatever we want since we're only animals. We can murder another animal without consequences. That's been the premise of so many evils of society today that what I believe is well, right is right. And there is such a thing as absolute morality. David, I want to ask you this. Um, I'm a, uh, a Catholic, raised Catholic. Um, I guess you could say I am a Jesuit. I come from the Jesuit tradition. I believe that science and, uh, and, and uh, God can exist. I believe that astronomy and God can exist. I believe in astrophysics and God can exist. In fact, honestly, you can't have them without a God. Uh, and that's why I think it's fascinating that you also run a science museum. I think that's fascinating. I'd love to talk to you further. Perhaps we should do a long version of a podcast because we can't hit all this today. But I do appreciate you joining me. Where can people go to find your thoughts on this uh, because I think it's it's a fascinating conversation if you haven't made up your mind on this issue you need to educate yourself and and like I am doing right now uh, David where can people find you and your thoughts on this absolutely davidreeves.com that's david r-i-v-e-s.com and that will get you to most of our sites but we'd also love to have you at the museum which is the wonders center and science museum and just outside Nashville, Tennessee, and that's wonderscenter.org. Uh, we love telling people that you can have science and your Christianity. Uh, Dr. Werner von Braun sent men to the moon, and he basically was one of the leaders of NASA. He said a lot of people look at science and religion as antagonists. They're not. They're not at all. Not at all. Trying to better understand creation, really to better understand the Creator.
Well, David, uh, there is no intelligence design if uh, two hydrogen atoms and one oxygen atom make water every single time. There has to be an intelligent design. It has to be, David. Duh. Uh, we don't, we're not just floating on a piece of dust. We're not an accident. There is science there. There is something there, and it is intelligence, and it is real. David, I said Israel. <gasps> Weird. <laughs> David, <laughs> I appreciate you being on the show, man. Have a great day. We'll have you on again soon, okay? Thank you, Rob. All right, let's take a break. It's the Rob Carson Show. Oh, ACDC, come on. I listened to a lot of music this weekend. Oh, my God. I had the uh, windows open on Buck, my uh, Bronco. And, you know, it's kind of funny. It's worse when you live in the northern states. In the winter, you know, your car's all sealed and everything. And, you know, and yesterday the car washes are out and people are open the windows. And if you live in a northern state, you have your windows closed all year. So that first day that you open the windows in the car, you got receipts from places you had no idea where they came from flying around. You got dust bunnies and dust and pieces of paper and straw wrappers and french fries flying all over the car. That's what happened this weekend when I opened the windows with Buck. Although I'm very, very careful about uh, keeping old Buck, Buckaroo Bonsai, as I like to call him. I know, I've got a relationship with my my truck because he's awesome. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I listened to a lot of music this weekend, man. Oh, God, it was so good. I listened to hip-hop. I listened to metal. I listened to hard rock. I listened to comedy, which isn't music. But anyway, anyway. So, um... Here's the thing. Uh, Shane Ellis, he uh, hosted Saturday Night Live this weekend. And I want to get to the fact that that, uh, Newsmax made it on the radar on SNL this weekend. I think part of that is not only what Newsmax does, but also SNL knows what I'm doing for Newsmax. They know that there's a comedy show on Newsmax that Donald Trump thinks is the funniest thing on TV. They know it. All right. But here uh, here is Shane Ellis talking about, and he does a bit on Down Syndrome. And he talks about his family owns a coffee shop in his hometown that hires people with Down syndrome. And, and he's got a niece with Down syndrome. Here's what he had to say about his niece with Down syndrome. No, I, talk about, I brought up Down syndrome. You, got, you can always tell who's never been around Down syndrome when you bring it up. Like if I tell people, if I'm like, yeah, I have family members with Down syndrome, people that have never been around it are always like, oh. <laughs> like, it's, like it's the end of the world. Like, oh, are they okay? Are they doing? It's like, they're doing better than everybody I know. Listen. They're listen. the only ones having a good time pretty consistently. They're not worried about the election. <laughs> no. They're having a good time. My niece, my niece has Down syndrome, and uh, I thought that was going to get a bigger laugh. Uh, <laughs> I thought we were allowed to have fun here. Uh, but no, my niece has Down syndrome. It's a funny thing that happens when someone in your family has Down syndrome. It goes, when my sister was pregnant, everybody was like very, very scared. And then once, you know, once they come into your life, you realize that's easily the only good member of your entire family. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. And then your family gets like too proud. Like now, every single day in my family's group text, it's just pictures of my niece. And every day, somebody else in my family comments, she looks exactly like Uncle Shane. There you go. There you go. And I'd be like, yeah, I see it a little. And, and a lot of people were really mad because he talked about Dan Syndrome. And you know why? Well, here, here's my post from Twitter. Hey, guys, it's me just driving around in Buck the Bronco on a Sunday. And, and I was thinking about uh, Shane Gillis last night on Saturday Night Live. And all of these leftists are really mad because he talked about his niece with Down syndrome and the coffee shop that his family opened in his hometown for people with Down syndrome to work. And, and I'm thinking about, uh, you know, all of the condemnation of Shane Willis. And, and I just have to say to you people, where you're, were you and are you with the slaughter of, uh, of Down syndrome babies before they're born? Yeah, there's a test for Down syndrome, and the only reason it exists is so that the mom and dad can decide to kill the baby. 
If you had a baby in utero and your doctor had a test as to whether or not that kid would get cancer in their lifetime, would you abort that baby? People with Down syndrome are beautiful people, better than you and I will ever be. And there's a genocide of them happening worldwide right now. So if you're concerned about Down syndrome, you would have been concerned about that. That's my point. Let's take a break. This is The Rob Carson Show. And on the World Wide Web, this is The Rob Carson Show. This is The Rob Carson Show. The number is 800-922-6680. And the social media and the show has started to click in a gigantic fashion. I uh, can't even tell you how much my life has changed in the last few weeks with the uh, response that I'm getting on Instagram, on uh, on uh, Twitter, which is now fortunately a free speech platform, thanks to Elon Musk, who, by the way, is the most powerful figure for freedom of speech in our country's history since its founding. He is. He is. He brought us back from the brink. They still want to fight. He wants to create his own AI now to counter Google because Google is trying to take over AI and if you thought what social media did to conservatives in the last election cycle was bad, you have no idea how deadly and damaging and awful AI can make your life if you don't agree with the creators of that AI's political ideology. And Bill Gates is a globalist, a genocidal globalist. So you put two and two together and you figure it out. All right. There you go. <clears throat> I know that sounds weird, but no, 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 no. Uh, you know, this is why I'm really nice to... Uh, a-L-E-X-A, you know, A-L-E-X-A, right here, who's here in my room. You know, whenever I ask A-L-E-X-A for something like, what's the weather going to be like? I always say thank you, just in case she becomes, uh, you know, aware and then murders me. You know, this kind of happens. You just kind of worry about these things. <laughs> I'm half kidding. I'm half kidding. Uh, but anyway, the show has just grown up, uh, blown up. It hasn't grown up. I'll never grow up. Uh, you know, I, just come on, really, seriously. Um, but it's it's blowing up, and it's because of the social media presence, the vis- video I'm doing, and the fact that I know where I need to be here, and I know where you need to be here, and you don't need somebody to stress and freak you out every day. You need somebody here who can inspire you, who can entertain you, who can inform you about things so you can go, okay, now I pick myself up and I fight again. That's what we need to do. For instance, listen to this. Listen to the economic news today, all right? Great unretirement. How millions of senior Americans heading back to work to pay their bills after soaring prices ate up their retirement savings. I told you this. I told you the reason why the employment numbers are so good is people are working two or three jobs and people are coming out of retirement to fill the jobs. Duh. High costs, dwindling savings, need to pay off debt means that so many, uh, listen to this, it used to be in, in, in for like 2023, 2023, 50 million retirees in the U.S., 3% return to work. Now that's gone up to 12.5%, 400% increase. Tell me the economy's good. Bull crap. Consumers are increasingly pushing back against price increases and winning. You know why? Because people are having to buy store brands because they can't afford the, the, you know, the good stuff. They can't afford the craft mac and cheese, so they have to buy the store brand mac and cheese. They have to, you know, I always go. I always get the store brand, like when I'm at Walmart, uh, when I'm at uh, Costco, I get their their store brand. It's Kirkland, right? Kirkland, that's fancy schmancy compared to uh, Walmart's. But I do, because people can't afford that. They can, you know, I look for yellow stickers. I'm always going to shop like I'm poor, guys. I'm always going to shop like I'm poor. 
I mean, you maybe think I'm an insophisticate because I shop at Walmart. No, no, no. I know how to cook. I've dined at some of the best restaurants in, in the country. But I'm always going to shop like I'm poor. You know why? Because I was poor. And I returned to poverty a couple of years ago. I wrote this this weekend. I want you to hear it. Because I was Saturday night thinking about the despair that so many people feel because, I mean, it's dreadful. It's dreadful what so many people are going through when you look at $1,000 has been added to the monthly bills just for the basics, rent, food, heat, cool, clothing, all of that, the average person. When you make thirty-five grand, it kills you. You're dead. So you're living on credit cards, you're asking people, and you're suffering, and you're suffering, and you're suffering, and you're working one job, and you're working two jobs, and it's not paying the bills. And I've been there, guys. I had to sell my father's retirement ring to make rent. Not that long ago. I sold my my wife's parents one of their wedding presents, their silver goblets, for their weight in silver to pay the rent. You don't realize how little you have until you have to sell it to pay the rent. Here's what I wrote. Listen to me if you're despairing, please. Please listen to me. There are so many suffering in our country right now needlessly. This is intentional. No one would ever leave a border open or fund another country's war over the welfare of our own people. I was asked if you're in despair, know that there will be a better day. I've been there before. I've been in the deepest depth. I thought about it today and realized, listen to this. Despair is Satan's way of taking your soul before you die. Satan uses despair to literally dispirit you. The prayers are coming to you and don't be afraid to ask for help. Satan uses despair to despirit you so when you finally give up, you won't care where you go to heaven or hell because Satan's already taken your soul. Now, I'm not meaning to make that just religious. Look beyond the Satan in heaven and hell, but look at evil and what it feasts on. Your despair is a feast because it brings you more to their side where they can take you. Don't despair. I've been there. Believe. Don't despair. It's hard. I know. Every day, wake up. Try to find some sort of joy. Every day I wake up with joy, and it's annoying to my family. You have no friggin' idea how annoying I am to my family. They like to sleep four hours later than I do. I get up in the morning. I'm singing songs. I'm taking the dogs out. I got a song for the dogs to go outside. I go in. I get my coffee. I got a song for that. I get to go in and do radio and television. And, and, and this is a guy who was selling cars and like wanted to die in his sleep a couple years ago. I looked at my insurance, my life insurance. I was worth $2 million dead. What was I worth live? Nothing. That's where I was. Don't despair. I know it gets dark. Don't despair, okay? You can do this. We've got this. We will win. All right? So I'm going to do a little palate cleanser here. To kind of lighten things up, this is uh, Jim Gossett, because you know, uh, Lindsey Graham was invited on stage with Donald Trump this weekend, and he got a lot of booze, and it doesn't surprise me. And this is what Jim did with like it. Like you, South Carolina. It feels so bad. 
Archie there. When I show up, people say scram, they boo and boo. Just a little pinch. They say get off the stage. They're enraged, they boo and boo. Nice, nice. They know Lindsey Graham is a total sham. Oh, how they boo. The Palmetto State says it's too late. Lindsay, we don't trust you. Trump support, I feign, but I'm another McCain. That's why they boo. They boo. And that's Uh why they boo. Oh, nice. Nice, Lindsay. That was really nice. That's fantastic. Nice, nice, nice. This is why I try to do funny on the show, okay? And then Jim did that, by the way. Jim Gossett. You can become a patron of his by going to patreon.com and just look up Jim Gossett Comedy. Uh, John Stewart's big uh, return to The Daily Show was crushed in the ratings by... Greg Gutfeld. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I started doing a comedy show on Newsmax two years before Gutfeld got his. And that's cool. That's cool. They're big. You know, they're Fox. But (laughs) Newsmax is so catching up with them. It's crazy. Got crushed, by the way. According to Nielsen, premiere episode of The Daily Show with Jon Stewart, who, by the way, wasn't on TV. If you're a Gen Zer, uh, the last time Jon Stewart was on TV, you were in elementary school. So he's irrelevant to you. His return doesn't mean anything to you at all. But they got just 930,000 viewers. On that debut, Greg Gutfeld had 2.2 million, and he also beat the other late-nighters. Yeah, yeah. And Shane Gillis was on Saturday Night Live this weekend, and Newsmax was, too. Because they did a parody of um, uh, Donald Trump's sneakers, right? Those, uh, those gold sneakers. Now, here's what, here's what SNL did wrong, all right? They didn't include truth in the bit. All right. They said that uh, Donald Trump uh, just simply repeats things time and time again to make you believe them. That's not the case. That's what the left does. The left says Joe Biden's brain is fine. Joe Biden's brain is fine. Joe Biden's brain is fine. Until some people like Joe Scarborough says, you know, Joe Biden's brain is fine. So they're wrong. They didn't get it right. So that's where they failed. But Shane Gillis was on SNL, which is a real positive. And here is Newsmax Television, who, by the way, wasn't even on the radar, anybody's radar, four or five years ago. And now SNL includes them in a skit, which means they're on the radar. What else did I tell you? Newsmax, CPAC poll, most trusted name in cable news. 49% at CPAC said, yeah, we trust them. Fox, 15%. Why is SNL mentioning Newsmax? (gasps) Because they always target the threat. Listen. I didn't miss. It went in. All right. From Newsmax Studios and the writer of Like Mike comes another magical sneaker movie for white people. There you go. All right. Newsmax made the radar because they're worried. Because when people trust something that isn't the nightly news, NBC, CBS, ABC, now Fox, you get on the radar, even if they're wrong, even if they're making fun of Newsmax, and they are, they're trying to make a Newsmax, all white people all the time and all that, you know, but we're on the radar. Here's the bit. It's actually a pretty funny bit. 
and the end at the end it has Joe Biden with his special shoes and he falls on his face. So that was funny. But here I'll play a little bit of this. It doesn't make any sense until you see the video, but it's kind of fun. Thirty-year-old Gordon Dwyer just couldn't catch a break. Not at work. Dwyer. Not in love. <laughs> And especially not on the court. Gordon for three. Missed the missed it. Air ball. Nice shot, idiot. Why am I such a loser? But that's all about to change. He gets the shoes. Gordon, thought you could use these. Donald J. Trump? And it's the golden shoes that he sold for 400 bucks a couple weeks ago. Oh, Trump never surrender sneakers? Awesome. I'm open. Gordon Dwyer's about to find out that So he shoots another air ball. Come on, man. How'd you miss that? Is a state of mind. I didn't miss. It went in. Oh. All right. From Newsmax Studios and the writer of Like Mike comes another magical sneaker movie for white people. So white people. <laughs> Trump shoes made you good at basketball? No, they gave me the power to say I'm good at basketball, and then double down on that until people actually start to believe it. Now he gets- okay, see, but that's that's what the left does, but that's what the left does, and so that's where they miss the mark on the truth thing. That then, and when you do that as a comedian, and you're going to do political satire, that's where you miss the mark and you lose your credibility when you don't use truth when you make something up to enforce your own incorrect political. Thoughts. And I'm not saying politically incorrect, whatever. I'm saying that the left repeats and repeats. If you don't believe me, uh, look at Joseph Goebbels. He said, repeat the lie enough, it becomes the truth. That's the truth. That's what the left does. That's what the Democrat Party does. You don't believe me? Listen to all the nonsense. The border's closed. The border's closed. The border's closed. Joe Biden's brain is fine. Joe Biden's brain is fine. Joe Biden's brain is fine. Fentanyl problem. We don't have a fentanyl problem. Defund the police. It's perfectly good. Defund the police. It's perfectly good. There's a race problem in America. Black people hate white people. Black people hate white people. Do you understand? That's where they miss the mark. But the fact that Newsmax is on the radar and Shane Willis, Gillis, I should say, hosted SNL, that is a gigantic, gigantic movement for inclusion because there has been a veneer of what I call what I call conservative apartheid on all media, music, comedy, movies, everything for 30 years, and it's beginning to crack. Let's take a break and come back. This is the Rob Carson Show. So uh, it's a big deal that Shane Gillis was on Saturday Night Live. Here's a little bit of uh, Shane. Just a brilliant. Listen to this. Listen to this. Now, Shane Gillis, I mean, he's a racist, right? Uh, Saturday Night Live, they uh, they kicked him off the cast before he became a cast member because he said something about Asians a few years ago. And he was a racist. And he was terrible. And his life should have been destroyed. But he fought back. He fought back. And then he ended up hosting Saturday Night Live, and he kicked butt. Here's a little bit of his monologue. My sister, my niece's mother, she didn't know she'd get pregnant, so she, she foster cared and then adopted three black kids. And then she finally got pregnant, and now she has a a kid with Down syndrome, and uh, her husband is from Egypt. He's an Arab guy. You go over to their house, it's like getting in the craziest Uber pool you've ever been. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. <laughs> like, how did you guys meet? This is... <laughs> He's a racist. But there's something, I don't know, my niece, 
one day, I'm not saying it's like something I'm looking forward to, but I think it'll be a nice thing uh, for the whole country. Uh, I would say when my niece is probably in like fifth, sixth grade, out at recess, and some white kids out there like, hey, you're not allowed to play with us, you're retarded. And then uh, three black kids come flying out of nowhere. <laughs> You start wailing on that cracker. Yeah. Everyone's going to be like, oh! It's, yeah. like, it's like a nice moment. <laughs> yeah, you guys. Oh, there you go. You said cracker. Uh, he, he, he said the word retarded. That's what the left is focusing on. He said retarded. Yeah, he did because he was making fun of people who would use the word retarded, you idiots. And, and there are people on the left screaming about it. And they're, they're, they're willing to step forward and be offended for people with Down syndrome. But Down syndrome is being... Uh, completely, people with Down syndrome are being exterminated worldwide. In, in one guy, I believe it's Iceland, it's completely gone. You cannot have a child with Down syndrome now. So where were you when you were so butthurt about him using the word retarded, which wasn't against brown, uh, uh, with brown people, uh, against people with Down syndrome? Where were you when they were being slaughtered and are being slaughtered? There's only one reason a test for Down syndrome exists, so you can tell your doctor, I want to have that baby killed. That's it. That's the only reason. Both of our pregnancies... It's not our pregnancy. My wife was pregnant. Both of my wife's pregnancies, they asked us if we wanted the test for Down syndrome, and we said no, because all you're going to do is say, do you want to kill the baby? So pardon me if you're offended by the name retarded. He wasn't talking about people with Down syndrome. He was defending them. You doofuses. I just found the most great, the greatest, greatest, greatest burger topper ever this weekend. Take shallots, dice them, put it into, slice them, put them into a pan with olive oil. Add, are you ready? Soy, balsamic vinegar, brown sugar. Put that on your burger. It's going to sound weird with goat cheese. Holy hell. Yeah, I'm a Walmart shopper, but I know Omaha Steak Burgers, and they're the best thing in the world. And if you want to try something a little bit different, kaboom, kaboom. It was the best burger. I thought my head was going to explode. Right now at omahasteaks.com, you get 50% off site-wide right now. Right now, you got to do it, though. All right? And then, uh, with select packages, eight free Omaha Steaks burgers. 50% off your favorite tender, juicy, extra-aged steaks. They're butcher-cut filet mignon. They're mouth-watering, pure ground burgers right now. Comfort classics, easy to prepare. Again, shallots or, or baby onions, okay, in a pan. Uh, olive oil, um, uh, soy, balsamic vinegar, brown sugar. Cook them down, put it on the burger with goat cheese. Holy hell. Best thing you've ever had. OmahaSteaks.com slash Carson if you want 50% off and get qualified for eight mouth-watering Omaha Steaks burgers. You could taste the beef. Oh, my God, in heaven. It was the best burger. It was, it was one of the best burgers I've ever had in my life. OmahaSteaks.com, 50% off site-wide. And with select packages, eight free Omaha Steaks burgers. OmahaSteaks.com slash Carson. OmahaSteaks.com slash Carson. Carson. Now, coming up, I haven't talked about CPAC today because everybody talks about CPAC the weekend, at the, the morning after CPAC. And what's the point? It's like talking about the Oscars the day after the Oscars. We all watch the Oscars. Why am I talking about it? Well, there were some things that happened at CPAC that were great, but I'm not just going to riff off some quotes from people and some audio from people, but I do have some thoughts about it. And also, who may be in the first place as far as running for Trump's VP? And, uh, and I think I kind of agree, but there are some great uh, there are some great choices. So on the other side of this break, guys, this is the Rob Carson Show. I didn't miss it. Went in. 
Studios and the writer of Like Mike comes another magical sneaker movie for white people. So last night, Shane Gillis hosted Saturday Night Live. This is me on social media this weekend. This is a really big deal for me because I have seen conservative apartheid in this country for a very long time. Really? Conservative apartheid? Yeah. Conservative apartheid in Hollywood and in comedy and in music. Name all the rock singers who are conservatives. Name all of the A-list actors in Hollywood are, who are conservative. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Shane Gillis isn't necessarily conservative, and conservatives necessarily aren't asking to dominate. They're just asking to be included. His performance last night was funny. Uh, he also talked about people with Down syndrome. He didn't make fun of people with Down syndrome. He included them he included them. Yeah, it's like uh, Dave uh, Chappelle talking about a transgendered individual who actually he let open for one of his shows out of compassion for that person who eventually killed her himself because of haranguing by the left for being on stage with Dave Chappelle. And the reason why the left goes after people for words is because they're not going after the words. They're going after the person. There you go. A few years ago, I auditioned at at the WCCO in uh, Minneapolis. Thank God I didn't get hired and move back to Minneapolis. But uh, I was just beaten to a pulp by the media because I, I was considered to be a right-wing extremist by this. There was a local rag up there called the City Pages. It's a left-wing rag. Now it's just a communist manifesto. And in the 90s, they wrote about me and said, yes, Virginia, conservatives can be funny. The time that I auditioned a few years ago at WCCO, I was suddenly a Nazi. So uh, conservative apartheid is real. And yesterday, by saying that on social media, I had people comment on it with just satanic stuff, man. I mean, it was evil, evil stuff, evil stuff. And I'm like, wow, I'm really over the target when the left goes after me like this. It's, it, and I'm, and I, it's, it's really tough to put yourself in that position because I knew I was going to. I knew I was going to do that. Especially when I said, where were the defenders of people with Down syndrome when Down syndrome, they're being, they're being, uh, they're being exterminated. People with Down syndrome are being exterminated. So, you know, yeah, where were you then? Man, I'll tell you what. I, I love it. I, I didn't want to really put myself in this position with this kind of vitriol, but I guess maybe that's what I have to do to make a point. But um, the positive is um, we're winning. We're winning. And, and there's a veneer cracking on the, uh, uh, the dominance of everything by leftism. All the movies in Hollywood, all of the the music. How many rappers are conservative? Anybody? 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 Nobody until now. Some of them are. Uh, what about that? You know, country. Even country, they're afraid to say it. The Dixie Chicks stains are stupid name <laughs> because of George Floyd. It's stupid. So maybe that veneer is cracking. And I've been writing political satire, conservative comedy satire, since before uh, Gen Z was born. So there you go. There you go. Yeah. Who will be the uh, VP for Donald Trump? I've said that there are a few that I like. Uh, one of the first persons I said was Byron Donalds. Then I said Christy Nome. The reason why I like Byron Donalds is he is so, so, so succinct. He is a battle-hardened warrior. He is not afraid of anyone. He always stays point, And he is an America first guy. And here is, he is this weekend 
on, uh, I believe this is uh, NBC, Meet the Press, talking about uh, uh, black people and voting and voting for Donald Trump. Listen to this guy. The number one reason why minority voters in our country want to support Donald Trump is because he did the job of president. He did a great job as president. Our country was secure. The economy was great. These are all things that Donald Trump talked about Friday night. He also did talk about the indictments. What Americans don't want to see, especially black Americans and anybody else, they don't want to see a politicized Justice Department. They don't want to see a two-tier system ah. of justice. They ah. want justice to be followed. They want lady justice to be blind that's what the american people want that's what black voters want that's what everybody wants and the worst thing that the democrat party could have done to uh to black voters is to persecute and use the doj to go after donald trump for politics because that's how black people feel the justice department treats them do you get it what a backfire it was to, to, to send Donald Trump to a jail in Fulton County, Georgia, to get a mugshot. Do you realize what a face plant that was on top of all of the other abuse that black people are going through, like being stepped over in Chicago to have uh, the, you know, uh, homeless people, or, or, or I should say illegals put up in their schools. Or, or take away their their uh, their uh, community center in Boston and give them to illegals and put a half a million dollars in it was when it wasn't good enough for black kids they just let people kids go there when it was a piece of crap and then when they decided to turn away the black kids and put house illegals in the in the facility they came up with a half a million dollars and Eric Adams came up with ten thousand dollars in gift cards to to illegals in five star hotels while black people in New York are suffering under abject poverty. What a stupid bunch of people you Democrats are. I mean, you guys really, really did a face plant, man. This is uh, Donald Trump at the Black Conservative Federation this weekend. And he was called a racist because he said things like, I see black faces out there in the audience. And because some idiots uh, say, oh, he's he's being racist because he said they're black faces, which makes no sense. They use the word to go after their target, Donald Trump. Not to defend black people, but to take the comments of Donald Trump out of context to attack Donald Trump. Here's what Donald Trump said. Biden spent years palling around with notorious segregationists. You know that. He boasted that his home state was a slave state. He was very proud of that. He thought it was great. If you go back and look at his body language and the way he said it, he was very proud of it. He said that he didn't want his children to grow up in a, quote, racial jungle. I don't want my children in a racial jungle. Joe Biden drafted the 1994 crime bill, which caused unfair sentencing disparities that devastated the black community, black families. Cory Booker called Biden the architect of mass incarceration. Remember this. It was a time when Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden were talking about predators and super predators. You heard that. This is a hell of a lot more of a speech than you thought you were going to get, isn't it? Uh, he is, uh, I mean, he's got dementia, right? No, man, he's really good, and he does speeches like every day, hour, hour and a half, and Joe Biden can't find his way off stage. They thought it would be boring, then we'd make, uh, we'd give a little quick boring speech, but uh, we got it's called, let's tell it like it is, right? Hey, oh, there it goes. There's a little bit more of Donald Trump at the uh, Black Conservative Foundation. Make it fun. And by the way, doing a brilliant job of uh, Joe Biden. That's why you can never be sort of cute and jokey. And, you know, when I imitate Biden because he can't find his way off the stage, as you all know. 
He makes a speech that lasts usually about a minute and a half because the octane starts to wear off at a quick <laughs> You ever notice he starts off strong within about two minutes? This is, by the way, listen to his cadence. This is fine stand-up comedy. He can't talk anymore. And then he walks off. You ever notice he always goes like this? Looks like a Roomba. He's walking around, clueless. clueless. Yeah. yeah, people with dementia don't, uh, they're not that funny, and, and they're not that sharp. Then he comes back up to the mic. And he's looking, he's totally lost. There's stairs all over the place. He can go there, there, here. He could jump off the front of the damn plot. But he always, he always goes like this. Derp, derp, derp. It's brilliant. I mean, it is. It's just brilliant. And if you think that Donald Trump has dementia like Joe Biden, you're, you just are making yourself look like an idiot. Uh, here is, uh, oh, oh, this is kind of interesting. And this is another thing that uh, uh, would... Uh, absolutely resonate with people who feel like that the justice system hasn't been fair to them. It is deranged prosecutors, attorney generals, local district attorneys are trying to take away my liberty. They're trying to take it away. They're trying to steal my liberty. If there's any shred of justice left, they will fail and we will win. And so far, we're doing very nicely. Thank you. Yeah, there you go. But I would rather lose my freedom than surrender to... This group of thugs and tyrants, fascists, scoundrels, and rogues, the more the corrupt establishment tries to stop us, the more you know the day is near at hand when we will break free from their grip. We're going to break free very soon. We're going to break free from their grip very soon. Wow. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah, not exactly dementia-addled like Joe Biden, is he? No, 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 no. Oh, by the way, um, you know, the Letitia James case and the big uh, ruling and all that, apparently going to be going to be appealed. Trump appeals four hundred sixty four million dollar ruling in New York civil fraud case. And it should be tossed out if it isn't. uh, Well, it's going to get really big and really ugly in this country. But they have formally appealed this uh, this joke of a ruling by uh, Letitia James, who was a political hack and uh, honestly a mentally ill judge. Uh, and everybody realized this is going to destroy New York City. But Stephen Miller was just brilliant this week. And I want, to, I want you to listen to Stephen Miller. Stephen Miller is somebody who I, uh, I respect greatly. I want you to listen to what he has to say. I'm, I, 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 I may play the whole thing, but I want you to hear to uh, what Stephen Miller, a uh, political guy, worked in the Trump administration, Kind of almost a savant, just brilliant, brilliant guy. Uh, listen to what he had to say about it, because this is common sense and this is truth. And so this is all part of the performative illusion, where she stands up there at the press conference. You know, we're the underdog. We took on the big, powerful Donald Trump. No, you took on the leader of a voiceless opposition party in this country. What you did is you are the ruling class. Now, this should explain to you why Trump voters will never leave Trump. That includes black people, that includes white people, and Asian people, and Hispanic people, and, and all of that. This is why they will never vote for somebody else. I'm not kidding. Listen to this. class. You are the ones who set the terms, who set the conditions, who control how all of our legal system and democracy runs. And then you're going after the man whose job it is to stand up for the dispossessed and the disenfranchised of this country. The message being, if you, if you out there choose among you a leader to stand up to us, we will decapitate him. 
Yep. That's the message they're sending. You can be unhappy about the border invasion. You can be unhappy about formalized racism discriminating against you and your children and your relatives. You can be unhappy about the decay of our cities and our system, the ruin of our education system. You can be unhappy about all your money, your tax dollars, your property taxes being stolen from you and redistributed to people who have no right to be here, to welfare cheats, and to criminals. And if you choose someone to stand up to all of this, watch us ruin him. Watch us destroy him. And even if he gets into office, as he did in 2017, watch us launch a soft coup day after day after day. And then in 2020, if we change the whole rules for election, yeah. if we change how everything's run, if yep. we break every single law in the key swing states about how elections should be run, Watch, none of our secretaries of state go to jail. Hmm. None of our officials, no one implementing the system. The only people who will go to jail are the ones who deign to go to court or to a legislature to seek a redress of these grievances. Wow. And then finally, watch us violate the Eighth Amendment in plain view against excessive fines. Right there in the Constitution, our founders feared it, feared it deeply feared it. Watch us violate the Eighth Amendment and nothing will happen and judges will be petrified, terrified, to even think of siding with Donald Trump, lest the left go after them too. This, this is a tutorial in who runs the society. Yes. Yes. Remember when the Democrat Party used to be us and uh, the government was them and the billionaire class was them? Remember that? Yeah. Ain't that way anymore. Us is who he just described, the people who feel like that the election was taken, they, who are suffering under this economy, who are saying shut the damn border, and nobody's listening to them. Us are the people in East Palestine. Us are in Lahaina, Hawaii. All right? Kauai. Or not Kauai. Maui. Us. And them, them is the deep state. Democrats and Republicans. Them is the mainstream media. Them is our big social media. See how the tables have turned? That's why. You, if you are on the side of the deep state, the mainstream media and big social media, congratulations. You're the man. You're them. It never ends well for them. I'm just telling you, them always loses. Eventually, them gets their comeuppance. You might want to think about that. Let's take a break and come back. I got some really hilarious stuff with regard to Fawny Willis on the other side of this break. And this is the Rob Carson Show. Some big, uh, <laughs> some big news on the Fawny Willis uh, front. A bombshell court ruling from Donald Trump's legal team says cell phone data shows Fulton County, Georgia. Uh, attorney DA uh, Fonnie Willis and Nathan Wade exchanged over 2,000 phone calls in the first 11 months of 2021, an average of six calls per day before their romantic relationship began, according to the pair's uh, under oath testimony. Yeah, yeah. Willis, who became uh, Fulton County DA 2021, has charged Trump and 18 other defendants for an alleged conspiracy to overturn the uh, results. Uh, it was uh, formulated by uh, the White House, and they gave uh, Fawny Willis $14 million to do it, by the way, in case you wanted to know. A lot of it has been abused. Yeah. So, uh, anyway... Uh, infamously, she also made Donald Trump turn himself in for the mugshot photo. Uh, revealed 2,000 voice calls and just over 12,000 text messages over the first 11-month period of 2021 with the prevalence of calls made in the evening hours. About chicka, uh, Jan 6 to November 30, 2021 contains 333 days, 2,000 phone calls over a period that would average 6,000 six, or no. 
6.06 calls a day. 12,000 texts, which average about 36 each day. Hey, you were great last night. I know, so were you. I just love you so much. The filing also uses location data to allege Wade likely came to Willis's home over 30 times in the time frame, contradicting his testimony that he was there a maximum of 10 times. Here's one on September the 11th, I know, 2021. Wade's phone call uh, uh, let the Doroville area and within the uh, geofence located on the address of her, whatever. The phone remained there until 3.28 a.m. So he arrived at Fawny's place at 10.45 p.m., left at 3.28 a.m., and then, uh, and then uh, arrived at his home at 4.05 and then sent a text at 4.20, probably to say, hey, baby, you were great. You were great. Oh, yeah. Woo! This is Jim Gossett, something for Fannie Willis. Mellow Jam. Fannie Willis is a crook. All the money that she took. Yeah, but she pays real good. Hired her boyfriend, he was unqualified. Then lied about it when she testified. 700 grand he made. That was not enough. Fanny made sure he got paid. Have you heard her talk? You'll understand. No experience, but still got hired. They should be disbarred as well as fired. Oh, Fanny. Fanny. You paid Nathan Wade. He's your lover. Fanny. They yeah. should put you away. Oh, Fanny. It's so fantastic. You gave him a job just for cover. When evil people get caught. They should jail you today, oh, Fanny. What you talking about, Will? Oh, Fanny. You use federal funds for your pleasure. Your pleasure. And you won't get away, oh, Fanny. Fanny, Fanny, Fanny. Your conviction is Oh, and then there's this. Treasure. And I'll have more on this tomorrow. Nathan Wade made the decisions to hire or fire employees after she became the DA. Did you know that? Yeah. Wade and Ellis claimed their, uh, their relationship began in 2022, but he was in charge of determining who of the 250 office employees would remain with Willis. Yeah, he actually was there. He gave thumbs up and thumbs down. Who stays in her office right after she took office? So he was not only, you know, bouncing a bow, but he was also deciding who stays on board, which means they literally fired everybody and rehired them based on their politics and whether they went along with her. And he was right there. Woo! I love it when karma bites evil people in the butt. I really, really do. And it's all coming home to roost. For them, for Jack Smith, and for Letitia James, it's all going to happen. It's happening in real time. These are just speed bumps on the way to enlightenment and saving the country. Let's take a break and come back, wrap things up. This, my friends, is The Rob Carson Show. That's going to do it for the show today, guys. The podcast is incredible today. I think uh, you'd really enjoy it. Download it by going to Newsmax.com slash listen. Subscribe. Tell others this thing is blowing up like you wouldn't believe. Newsmax.com slash listen. God bless you, America, Israel. Until tomorrow, don't catch a stupid watch Newsmax. I'm going to be on all day today. Check it out. See you guys.